0: Welcome to the Let's Learn Beer podcast, where we'll learn everything there is to know about beer. At least everything I know about beer. My name is Kate. I'm here with Joanne again today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Fantastic. I was going to say I don't know if you've heard, but you did hear because you're the one who told me. You alerted me to this crisis in France. Did I, did I bring it up on Sunday? I don't I recall. think it was Sunday. I okay. think it was Sunday that you said, hey, did you hear about the problems that they're having in France with their wine?
1: Yeah. Aren't we a beer podcast, though?
0: We are a beer podcast, but wine and beer are similar. They share a lot of features. And um, at least one analyst thinks that wine in France is suffering because people are turning to beer. So there might be a little bit of a relationship there. I don't know if I think that's the, the biggest factor, to be honest. I don't think it might even be a factor at all. It well, might just be
1: What's happening in France? What
0: well they've seen a pretty steady decrease in demand for their wine, especially the red wines. Oh. Champagne is still okay. And white wines, eh, there's a little decrease, but not nearly as much. It's really the reds that are suffering. That I did not know. I knew
1: there was a general decline overall, which is why, of course, I brought up the financial problems they're they're having. I didn't realize that it was more pronounced with red wine.
0: Oh, yeah. And it's a very noticeable decline in demand in the traditional wine countries. So France, Spain, Italy... Um, I I think the decline was, I think, 24% is what I saw, which is a huge drop. Yeah, I saw in Spain,
1: which of course is where we both live, Uh uh, it was 11%, which is not as much, but it's still like year on year. That's a lot. That's a ton.
0: Yeah, it's, well, I'm not sure if they were talking about wine in general or if it was French wine specifically, that was being less consumed in Spain. The, the article wasn't quite clear about that.
1: Oh, okay. Well, the Spaniards are very proud of their wine. Um,
0: no, they should be. I mean, why In not?
1: fact, I've, I've been to uh, an Italian restaurant before where they ask why isn't their Spanish wine being served. <laughs>
0: <laughs> At least as a backup. Exactly. I mean. The outrage. <laughs> Come on. I ba- bet you're using Spanish tomatoes in the sauce.
1: They probably are.
0: (laughs) So anyway, poor French wine. Uh, And interestingly, though, uh, there is a little more demand for wine in more historically beer countries. So in the north of Europe, in England. And I don't think demand has decreased in the Americas, at least in the United States. In fact, we're drinking more wine in the States than we have been for quite some time and that that started maybe 10 years ago
1: oh really are, are we drinking yeah. but we're drinking homegrown wine I, I assume primarily
0: i i would imagine it's mostly american wines. So all 50 states produce wine at least legally
1: i'm shocked that alaska is, is on that list
0: well they can bottle wine in alaska that means it's an alaska wine oh that, that's why i said legally okay that's an interesting. Um, well, they
1: have greenhouses. I imagine that that those long summer days. That's true. They make huge vegetables up there, so you know.
0: That that's true. They but, they could potentially grow grapes, yes. but anyway, what will France do? Yeah. What will France do with their traditional?
1: Well, it appears the the state, the French state, is just uh, buying up the excess to keep prices. Um, at, a, at a reasonable level. Uh,
0: and to prevent the growers from going under. I mean, yes. there's a lot of... what, As in all agriculture, there's a lot of money that turns over. And if you have a bad year or two, that can be the end of your farm.
1: Absolutely. And one thing that, that's interesting is that actually... Um, Uh, I don't know how many uh, listeners have heard of things called futures. I know you may have heard it in terms of speculation on Wall Street and stuff like that. And that is actually mostly what they're used for nowadays. But they have their origin in farming. Uh, It's just a contract to sell something at a future date at a specific price. And so farmers with wheat or some other crop, they could um, buy or sell a future and they would essentially have fixed their price for you know six months from now, for example. That I will sell it at this price, and you know if the market price is higher or lower, well, that's the buyer's problem. Um, but that those only really work with standard things. So for wheat, for soybeans, for those sorts of things, for artisanal things um, like wine, it's never been popular because each place is very different, and so you can't have a standard contract. And so there's more risk involved in in, in that sense.
0: Yeah. And with French wine in particular, there's a lot of value attached to the place.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: They they have a term for it that I can't remember what it is, but it's that special that if you have the place on the label that can add an enormous amount of value,
1: right? Is that, would that be uh, what we call denominación de, de origen? Is that no? That's a different thing. That's a different.
0: There, thing. there is a specific. I forget term. how to say that
1: in English as well. It's... I yeah, I
0: always forget as well. But <laughs> that's a, that's a different thing. There, there is a term for describing the the value of the wine based on where it comes from, and uh, I, I think it's very specific to wine. People might use it for other things, but almost. Almost in a joking way. It is associated with wine drinking and wine culture. And it's, it's some, it is something to do with earth. But I can't remember the term exactly. Oh, well. I've got to go back to YouTube, see some of those wine tasting videos again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely true. So, poor or farmers, although they said most of the money is gonna be given back to the, the farmers and is going to, part of it is apparently earmarked to like, um, um, to pay them, I guess, or to offer incentives to switch to other crops, to pay them to tear right. out vines and to pay them to, um, to, uh, to well, just to transition their land because, I mean, I'm not a farmer, but my understanding is there's stuff involved in <laughs> it. Yeah. It's not cheap to be able to grow other, other crops.
0: No, I, I mean, that seems like um, maybe not the nuclear option, but it's, it's not the same to switch from growing grapes to growing, well, let's say hops, um, if beer is going to be bigger. Because uh, I don't think you can just put vines back in and get a grape crop the next year that would give you the same quality that, um, that you've had from grapes that have been growing there for decades.
1: Well, don't those vines stay there for years? Maybe I'm totally wrong about that, but that was my impression. It's not like
0: wheat yeah, or something. Yeah, which but is they're just... they're kind of they they develop something mm-hmm. over years. I don't. It's not as long term or, or a forecast as like whiskey. Where you had five years, we might have something. But it does take a longer time to produce, to start producing wine than it does to start producing beer. Right.
1: God, as someone so, who,
0: who owns their
1: own business, but doesn't have to think nearly that far out um, in terms of just like, I mean, I guess everyone kind of does, but not in terms of just like planning what like, you know, you'll, crops you'll have. It, yeah. it, it's very different. It's got to be crazy to be like, well, you know, in eight yeah. years, something.
0: Now, none of the articles I read mentioned climate change as a factor for these things, although there were some hints. Well, that, a
1: couple that, I did read did did mention it, hmm. um, but I don't... Um, uh, I'm not sure how much I... Well, I don't know. I'm not sure.
0: Well, I don't think it's the, the major factor, but it, it could have something to do with it um, as seasons... Uh, become less what we're used to. The plants are also adjusting if they can. So they're not going to develop in the same way. They might not be producing the same flavors that they used to.
1: Oh, that's certainly, I imagine, would be the case. They so said it's that not that the same
0: wine. Uh, and people yeah. are like, ah, this isn't as good. Uh, yeah. so. Or
1: at least it's different. The harvest has been moving um, uh, forward. Yeah. or No, no, sorry, back, back in time, uh, like earlier. Yeah. Uh, every every year, apparently, um, but you know Spain produces wine, and there's certainly sure. a harsher climate than France, although the the wine here has a very different taste to French wine right um, i I prefer it, although that it, I think I 'm somewhat in the minority on that um, I,
0: I think a lot of people uh, just pay lip service to French wine, yeah, because it 's French, and it has the reputation. Right. And they probably don't care very much either way, unless they're super, super experts. Sure. Yeah.
1: But so, so I don't know. I certainly believe that the flavor changes because certainly the Spanish wine yeah. has a different flavor because the climate's different. And so, yeah, definitely. that. Like I imagine like Bordeaux wine probably doesn't taste quite the same as it did 100 years ago because yeah. it's definitely warmer.
0: And it might not be to the taste of people who enjoy Bordeaux wine. Like, this isn't Bordeaux. Well, it's not the same kind of Bordeaux. But like I said, it's probably not the main factor that's driving people to change their habits. I I think um, there are a lot of social changes involved that are making people choose different things. Like what? Well... It is becoming less common in France, as in most of the Western world, for people to have family dinners or family meals. Oh. People are eating alone. People aren't cooking the, these foods that really go well with the French wines, even if they're like the cheaper ones. The, the cuisine all is connected. You know, the wine was developed to go with their food. And food can be adjusted to fit with the wine. There, there's a a real communication, a, a symbiotic between these relationship things. between yeah. the
1: the wine and the food. And if yeah. people
0: aren't eating those foods anymore, they're they're getting the the boxed meals or fast food. Even that kind of stuff goes really well with beer, <laughs> even a cheap beer. But like a nice wine with your microwave dinner, I don't know.
1: Yeah, that, that you raise a very good point because, as you said, one analyst said that um, that people are turning more to beer and craft beer in particular, apparently, which is, I guess, how this is related to this podcast uh, tangentially. There it, is. <laughs> there it is, in the end.
0: Uh, well, and, and France is um, developing its craft beer industry, the same as every other country. Uh, I don't think they have the same... Um, Weight as craft beer in the UK or even in Spain. Really? I, it doesn't seem like it to me. Whenever... I have not met a lot of French people, but um, every once in a while you meet one, you say, oh, yeah, what's well, some good beer from where you're from? And they've always said, France doesn't have any good beer. Like, disappointed about it. Oh. But I, I, I know, know there are French beer makers, uh, we can get them here every once in a while, and they're fine, they're just like the, the craft brewers in Spain, they make IPAs, and occasionally something a little bit special, with a little a little touch of, more Belgian than anything else, I think. Sure, okay.
1: That's really interesting, I, I assumed that uh, God, my Spanish partner's gonna kill me if uh, she listens to this. But... <laughs> But I'd always assume that in some ways people say, oh, Spain's a few years behind the rest of Europe in X, Y, or Z.
0: Well, the Spanish people say and that so, too. And, right.
1: And so I just kind of assumed, I'm used to the craft beer here. I know about it. You know, this craft beer strike shop, it is a, less than a block from my apartment. So mm-hmm. I just kind of, you know, it's my world, but I always just assume that, you know, if you go to Paris or whatever, it'd be, oh, so much more advanced. But I guess not. I guess that's not the case.
0: Well, they might have started earlier. I don't know a whole lot about craft beer in France. Uh, and i wouldn't be surprised if they started f- years earlier than spain but they haven't managed to really make a dent in the market right. because france was more about wine for so long and and now it's well everyone is drinking craft beer
1: I suppose it's their prestige. They just couldn't get off of wine because Spain was a wine country too, but for whatever reason, didn't have the prestige that France had. And so I think we've talked about in the, you know, early to mid 20th century, they switched to being more of a primary, primarily beer culture, at least in terms of leaders drunk, maybe not in terms of like export and prestige, but in terms of leaders drunk, you know, for the past, what, 70 years or something, they've been more of a, of a beer country.
0: Yeah, um, your, your everyday drink for the everyday Spaniard ha- has been beer for a long time. Like, basically since the mid-20th century. Okay. And me, well, they don't have national brands like America does. But at least in Madrid and sort of the center of Spain, Mao really sure. promoted that. This is, this is the drink for your picnic. This is the drink for your meal. Here, you can buy a whole liter, just like wine. and it's. <laughs> but it's not wine. It's the drink for everyone. And now everyone can have beer because there was, well, anyway, that's a whole other topic.
1: Right. So it seems France is headed this direction, I, I suppose, at least among your everyday yeah, Frenchmen and French
0: maybe. women. Maybe. But it's also true that um, alcohol consumption in general is falling off. Um, How globally, disturbing? Just, it, it, well, <laughs> it, it's, um, yeah, it's interesting. It, it's like all kinds of food lobbies. Of course, nobody wants this food producer to go away. It provides a lot of jobs. Wine provides jobs. Beer provides jobs. Dairy provides jobs. And everybody likes jobs. But at the same time, you have to look after your health. And too much of anything is always bad. Of course. The question is always, where's the line? How much is too much? You know Biden's administration wants to um, give new recommendations for alcohol consumption. Oh, really? And they want people to cut way down. Like Uh. two beers a week.
1: I'll, I'll I'll take their advice seriously when they you know f- see fit to let people afford their medication and and things like that. Then I think perhaps they well, might have the drank, moral standing to. If you drank about...
0: <laughs> less, you would be healthier and wouldn't need so much medication. I guess How so. How about yeah. that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I know that during like the height of the pandemic, I think um um in Britain under under Boris um there was some sort of again I I apologize if anyone's English and listening to this I I don't know all that much about you know your ministries and such but someone associated with Downing Street was like saying well you know people you know should be drinking less while they're at home we worry about their health and I think to, to much ridicule online it was kind of saying like you know How dare you? These people are are going through a horrible pandemic. I mean, yeah, I get it, kind of, but but it's uh, a bit presumptuous. You know, they can't leave their homes. What do you expect them to do?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, alcohol consumption did, in fact, go up during the pandemic. Not a huge amount. Um, Now I'm trying to remember if it was beer consumption that went up or all alcohol.
1: My beer consumption went up by quite a lot.
0: Uh, I think mine went up a little bit for a number of reasons. There were um, (laughs) online katas and the beer tastings and those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, it was something new at the time. Well, there you go.
1: So anyway, so, poor, uh, France, poor France. Poor France. A wine. variety of of problems have come to um to a head, I guess. Yes,
0: but you know what? If you're going to go for beer, go for the best yeah. beer. Sure. Just yeah.
1: a, a closing remark. I wonder if worldwide we'll see more beer consumption in terms of because, as you say, it goes well with crappy food. Um, yeah. Yeah. Even a good beer actually goes surprisingly well with crafty food. Um, so maybe this is a, a part of a larger trend, a larger secular trend. Uh,
0: a secular trend. <laughs> <laughs> it, it could be. I mean, um, a lot of large breweries are seeing their markets increase in the developing countries. Um, China is the biggest beer producer in the world now. And um, I, I don't think there is any famous Chinese craft beer, but they definitely make their own beer. They have their own Oktoberfest. So you know, France, don't don't feel sad about your wine. It can be a specialty drink like uh, like mead and cider, etc. Because hey, those are small drinks, but they definitely didn't disappear.
1: Oh no. I have, in the summer, probably more cider than beer. That's changing. Now the weather's changing. But, but, you know, at least for part of the year, I'm still very much a cider person.
0: There you go. So don't feel bad, France. Your wine won't disappear completely. But if you're drinking beer, drink beer you love.